The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here at the end of the week, heading into the weekend on this Friday. Again, uh, another warmish Friday here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And if it's Friday, that means it's what's on your mind Friday. As uh, you know, by this point, Monday through Thursday, we'd like to keep the calls in the lane of the topics we're talking about. On Fridays, we open the phones up. Things uh, that are on your mind, things you would like to talk about. Our phone number 209-551-3483 on what's on your mind. Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Just a reminder, uh, T-minus 60 days until November 8th. Until the uh, midterms here, uh, the election's coming up. And again, we're going to do our best to keep giving you as much information as possible to give you the opportunity to talk over the issues that you're concerned about so that we can all make informed, reasonable, and rational voting decisions come November 8th, a scant 60 days away. And if you're counting, that's... 1,440 hours, 86,400 minutes, and 5,104,000 seconds, if you're counting. Whoa, what happened to the Rams last night? Hmm, Bills, uh, wow, the Buffalo Bills 31, the Rams 10. Uh, quite a quite a beginning of the season for the Rams. That was interesting. The other interesting thing is uh, we're still under a flex alert. I, under, I know that surprises you no end. Uh, we are under a flex alert uh, again today from uh, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, right now, I, by the way, yesterday, uh, towards the end of the show, I was checking the Cal ISO, uh, the independent uh, operator system there. And uh, it, towards the end of the show, it went from uh, an emergency... Uh, energy emergency alert two level <clears throat> down to normal grid operations. All of a sudden, I thought, "Wow, we're we're doing well." Well, about five minutes after the show ended, it all reverted back to an emergency uh, energy emergency alert level two. So I don't know. Maybe there was a an electronic blip for the Cal ISO. I don't know, but it was very odd. And you may have thought it odd. Mike, how come you reported that we're in normal grid operations and they're saying that we're still under a flex alert? Well, I was just looking at their website, which brings to mind, uh, don't necessarily necessarily always trust what we see from the government. But I'll tell you right now, uh, what I see right now on the California Independent System Operator website is we're at a restricted maintenance operations level. That means they're advising all their participants to avoid taking uh, grid uh, taking grid assets offline. In other words, don't do maintenance right now. Don't take your electric grids offline because we may need that power later today. 
current demands are uh, about 42,000 megawatts. We have capacity of about f- almost 54,000 megawatts. So uh, right now we're, we're looking pretty good. But we are still under a flex alert um, notification. Uh, another note, but let, me, let me put this out here because this caught my attention. And as you're thinking about what's on your mind Friday, uh, this was on my mind because we've been talking about Queen Elizabeth. And uh, the, the absolute fabulous way that she did <clears throat> what she had committed to do for 70 years. Absolutely amazing to age 96. So apparently there was a, uh, uh, I guess, some type of a poll that was conducted by CBS News and YouGov. And they were asking, should there be a maximum age limit for elected officials? That's here in the United States. Should there be a maximum age limit for elected officials? Well, according to their results, over 70% of the people who responded said, yes, there should be an upper age restriction that would force lawmakers to leave office once they hit that age. Well, what age do you think that was? Well, apparently their idea that was that once you hit age 70 and you're an elected official, you should be forced to leave office. Now, that's one of these th- <laughs> one of these things we need to think about. I, I could do a knee jerk action uh, reaction to that, which would be more jerk than knee, and my initial reaction would be, "Oh yeah, that, that sounds good." But as I begin to think about it, I look at Queen Elizabeth, who into her early nineties was still amazing and sharp and on top of things. And and I I think well <clears throat> let's reconsider that I I look at other uh, national figures here in the past in the United States of America uh, think about Billy Graham at seventy Billy Graham was still going great guns so what do you think should we have a restriction on elected officials here in the United States of America that basically says you reach age 70, you're gone. You have to retire. Of course, that that would really do something. Uh, well, of course, the Supreme Court is not elected. It's appointed and then approved by the, the Senate. I understand that. So that, that would not probably apply to the Supreme Court. But think, uh, it, of course, comes to mind <clears throat> is uh, President Biden doing well as an octogenarian? Is Nancy Pelosi doing well as an octogenarian? Well, I think it comes down to the person. Some people are doing well into their 70s, into their 80s. Other people's in their 60s are not doing well. So I don't know. My my opinion on that is it, it becomes very personal. And I I have to back away from my first uh, initial blush reaction to this. What do you think? Should, should we have an upper age limit on elected officials here in the United States of America? 
Our number here, 209-551-3483 on What's On Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Also yesterday, I, um, and, and by the way, producer Mike's reminding me, how about term limits? I, I am for term limits. I, I'm I'm not sold on the age limit. I, I Term limits, I can get behind. What do you think? 209-551-3483 on what's on your mind Friday. Now, a footnote to yesterday, towards the end of the program, I was, uh, because the the Buffalo Bills and the Rams uh, were uh, on the air at at 4.30 leading into that, I was talking about my days growing up in Southern California and Pasadena as uh, as a youngster. And, of course, uh, the football, the pro football team there at the time for me was the L.A. Rams. And I was thinking of the great names that I remembered from that era. Roman Gabriel, great quarterback. And then you <clears throat> think of some defensive guys, amazing, Deacon Jones. Didn't they call him the Secretary of Defense? Yeah, I think Rosie Greer, absolutely incredible. I talked about Merlin Olson, got to meet him at a, at a Cub Scout event I was at. And uh, talked about Jack Youngblood. The name I was trying to remember, though, uh, and I remembered it about 30 seconds after we signed off, Fred Dreyer. Remember Fred Dreyer? He he was quite a, uh, I guess you could call him in, in terms of football, the class clown. Uh, not not meaning that he he was detrimental in that role, but he, he was a jokester. He he loved to have fun. And he went on to, to star one of my favorite shows of the time. Remember Hunter? Rick Hunter? And uh, <clears throat> who was the female lead there. I can't remember her name, but uh, did a wonderful job. The both of them made made a great pair in in Hunter. But Fred Dreyer, uh, another great player. He was something like 6'5", tall guy. Did, uh, did Was a wonderful, wonderful football player for the Rams. And I was thinking uh, as well, how many pro football players and even some college players Stephanie Kramer, uh, thank you, Producer Mike. See, Producer Mike is is the source of information. He, he's just he, he's he's like when you climb the mountains of Tibet, and and you seek the guy up there who is going mm, and and he's the source of knowledge. Producer Mike just comes up with these things. Thank you, Mike. Yes, Stephanie Kramer uh, did a wonderful job in that uh, show with, uh, with Fred Dreyer as Rick Hunter. Uh, but I was thinking of other football players that went on to do well in acting, uh, do well in Hollywood. I'm thinking of, uh, remember Mark Harmon played for UCLA. He was the son of uh, the great Tom Harmon. Now I'm, as you know, I am a USC Trojan. Right, I was brought up bleeding uh, Cardinal and gold. And, of course, UCLA is our, our rival. However, Mark Harmon was a, a great star at, at UCLA. Went on to star uh, in, uh, remember him in St. Elsewhere? That was a interesting hospital drama. Anyway, Mark uh, Harmon, and then, of course, 
went on to, uh, in, to establish this incredible franchise, NCIS, as well. Uh, but he was uh, he, he was quite an actor. And, and Merlin Olson uh, went on to start. Remember his role in Little House on the Prairie? Merlin Olson uh, feared as a defensive uh, player on, on the L.A. Rams, greatly feared, and yet he was... He was a nice guy, just a nice guy, and and, uh, went on to play some great roles, and, of course, the most famous uh, being on Little House on the Prairie. All right, so what do you think about uh, an age limit for elected officials and, generally, what's on your mind on What's on Your Mind Friday? We'll get to that shortly. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. We'll go to the phones in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our number, 209-551-3483. Let's get right to it. First up today, Michael from Modesto. What's on your mind, Michael? Well, just a reminder from your topics earlier in the week, um, nothing's guaranteed on this, quote, uh, landslide that's supposed to be happening all over. So I just want to remind everybody that we have to get out and vote. Don't forget. And uh, on the stuff you brought up today, you know, a lot of the term limits and that arguments, they all have to do with they just want to get rid of Nancy. Well, we, we have to set things up because – Sometimes the shoe can be on the other foot, mm-hmm. and so you need fair, you know, fair methods of uh, dealing with these people. Like, for instance, as you mentioned, the age limit. Um, it's more it should be more of a competency limit, and you know, I was thinking you come up with a competency test, but you know that can be circumvented one way or the other. But you know, maybe something standard. I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, there's no simple answers. I just don't like rash judgments to to solve some of these problems. You know, I agree with you, Michael. I I don't know that I'm really comfortable with uh, an enforced age limit uh, because you you look at different personalities and they can be very sharp, very active, very robust at seventy, seventy five, even eighty, uh, and and into their early eighty. I there are some people I work with uh, in in uh, vocational ministry who are incredibly sharp in their 80s, absolutely. And yeah. uh, th- the other thing that you brought up, Michael, that I think is right on the money, you mentioned the word competency. That, to me, is the issue. It's not the age. Is, is this person competent? And then, Michael, I... I think our our solution to that, in theory, is to vote them out if we feel that they're incompetent. I know that that's uh, yeah. that's a simplistic way to put it, but Michael, I'm not for putting a whole lot of restrictions on this. How about you? I kind of think along those lines, just like Nancy. If if she had a term limit, she's in a district where they're going to put in another Democrat, which is their right but it's going to be a groomed person that's going to fulfill their goals and aspirations and so 
you know, I, I think everybody I know is asking me, well, what about term limits? What about term limits? I don't know. I'd have to study more of what the founding fathers were thinking when they, you know, they did a pretty good job overall. I mean, they couldn't anticipate what what could happen 200 years later, but uh, in general, they did a pretty good job. So I would move slowly just to change some of their base uh, ideologies and thoughts. And, yeah. Uh, Michael, anyway, thank you. So, Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Got to run here. Uh, Michael from Desto making uh, making some good points. One of the things that Michael talked about uh, early on in his call, and, and thank you for reminding us, we hear a lot about red waves and this and that and the other thing. And I, I think I caught your drift on this, Michael. I Nothing ever should be taken for granted, ever. And if we're passionate about what we feel is right, if we're passionate about what we feel is just, if we're passionate about where we think the state and the country or our city or our county need to go, then we need to be equally passionate about voting and influencing others. Now, when I say influencing others, what I mean is engaging in conversations. And a lot... I think one of the best ways to influence people is to allow them to be who they are, to be heard. And I, I think that's, uh, that's a way that, that we can find out where they're at, and maybe they'll be interested in where we're at. I'll, I, I'll unpack that a little bit uh, later on today. want to get back to the phones, 209-551-3483. John from Brentwood, what's on your mind about term limits? Oh, I think term limits are a great idea. I just don't see being that Congress would have to pass it in order for it to become law. I don't see that ever happening. Um, as far as the other thing goes with the age, I'm I'm all for a certain age, but I wouldn't do like a cutoff, like say if it's 74, I wouldn't say you just automatically leave when you're 74. I would put like 74 is the maximum age to which you could run again mm. and let it be known that you'll be a one term. You know, you, you won't be able to run again. And, you know, you can finish out your term until whatever your age is. You just don't automatically leave when you're 74. You finish your term, whether you be 78, 79, whatever it is. But I'm all for that also. Yeah, that's an interesting wrinkle to it. So establish an age limit going in. And then the uh, the knowledge that if you reach a certain age, then, you, you know, it's, it's time for you to, to go. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Um, let me think about that. Uh, John, you've, you've piqued my interest there on that one. Uh, hadn't, hadn't really thought. And that's why we do what we do here is I learned from you and hopefully there's something in this three to five time slot from Monday through Friday that I offer you that you find beneficial as well, but it's all, all part of our give and take here on the Mike Douglas show. And, and I thank you so much for participating in that coming up. We'll continue our theme on Friday, which is what's on your mind Friday. Talk a little bit more about uh, some football players that, that went on to be actors. Some other names have, have occurred to us. And we'll continue this thought about uh, age limits on elected officials. And there's a cruise tonight in Modesto. Uh-huh. Learn about it in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It is Friday, which means it's what's on your mind Friday. Again, Monday through Thursday, we try to keep our phone calls in in the lane of the topics we're talking about on Fridays. It's wide open. We want to know what's on your mind. So we let you drive that at 209-551-3483. I know many of you have that on your speed dials. 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. What's on your mind today? At the end of the week, we've been talking about this uh, survey that was uh, conducted apparently uh, by CBS News and YouGov, and they found that seventy percent of the respondents said that there should be an upper age limit or restriction uh, for lawmakers, elected officials, to leave office, and uh, they were. Uh, most of the respondents, respondents were saying 70 years old uh, seemed to be their opinion. And uh, been thinking about that. I'm, I'm not sold on the age uh, limit. Uh, I'm, I'm more leaning towards some type of term limit, some type of structure there. And uh, my much better half also uh, brought up to me uh, during the break, yeah, because she does listen to the show, so I do have to behave myself even on Fridays. But she uh, says, you know, the, the House of Representatives never, never intended by the founding fathers to be a place where you became a career politician. You'd go uh, plant your crops, do your harvest, or you'd do your business, and then uh, you would you would come and, and to Washington D.C. and mosquito infested areas that weren't very nice to be in, and you would do the business of the House of Representatives in the United States of America, and then you'd go back home and be a business person, uh, attend to your business or do your farming, whatever it might be. And we've gotten way away from that. I, I, I rue the day that uh, the United States of America has uh, started to develop career politicians. Uh, I know it's a double-edged sword on the one hand. Well, Mike, but if you're there for a while, you understand the system, you understand how things work. The other side of that is you're there too long and you become part of uh, the deep state, so to speak, or you become part of the bureaucracy or you become part of a, a system that we, we can't circumnavigate. Uh, so not sold on the age group. I am sold on term limits. I would love it if we didn't have career politicians anymore. I really, and I know there's pluses and, and minuses to that. Well, let's find out what's on your mind on What's on your mind Friday, 209-551-3483. And we'll go to James in uh, Manteca. James, what's on your mind? Hey, Mike, I always like your show. Hope you're on for the next 40 years. Anyway, I'm very much pro-police. And uh, I watch a lot of the cop shows, like a lot of people. And when they pull somebody over uh, or they're in getting ready, uh, they got their gun somebody on the street, are their fingers right on the trigger itself? Because my thinking is, if they ever tripped by accident, of course, or one of the other officers bumped into them, the accident, of course, would be an accident, is their their finger would pull that trigger and shoot the person. 
So is it just away from the finger or from the trigger? And are they very sensitive? Are they? I've never shot a, a, a gun before. Uh, so I don't know. Are they sensitive to just go off, or does it take a little bit of pull? Well, it it yeah. There's a wow. That's a that's a complex answer to a complex yes. question, uh, James. Uh, let let me spend the right person. <laughs> let me spend a couple couple of minutes trying to answer. Now I, I'm going to give you answers from my experience, which was a long time ago. Now. Uh, current law enforcement agencies may have different policies. I'll just tell you what, uh, what I was trained to do. And that was, you don't put your finger on the trigger unless you intend to kill somebody or destroy something in front of you. And, uh, so, uh, oftentimes, and, and by the way, in, in CCW training, this is quite the norm, uh, to your trigger finger, whether it's in your left hand or your right hand, especially if it's a semi-automatic, uh, rides above where that trigger is. And uh, the, the, you don't put your finger against the trigger unless you're ready to destroy what's in, in front of you. Uh, so I, I hope that answers that question. And as far as sensitivity goes, uh, in the old days, uh, when I was out there, uh, one police department, uh, we had to carry revolvers. We couldn't carry semi-automatic weapons. And it took uh, uh, a little more pressure to pull that uh, trigger back on a revolver than it does uh, than it did on a semi, semi-automatic. It really depends upon the weapon, knowing uh, how that weapon works. And, of course, in a semi, semi-automatic, uh, the subsequent uh, pulls uh, may be a little bit lighter. Uh, I don't know if that helps at all, James, but I would say don't always go by what you see on television. Uh, you have to go by what's uh, what's real. Those of you who are actively in law enforcement right now, if you'd like to uh, expound upon that, uh, maybe bring us up to date. Happy uh, happy for you to do that. So, James, that's the that's the best answer I can give you uh, at the moment. And and again, uh, as the principle to remember, especially if uh, you're not operating under the color of authority with a badge, uh, CCW permit, whatever it might be, the rec- not the recommendation, really the rule of thumb, no pun intended, is you don't put your finger on the trigger unless you're willing to kill or destroy what's in front of the barrel. That's it. That's it. Because accidents can happen, and it is absolutely important that uh, that we keep uh, that we keep that uh, in mind. It is what's on your mind Friday here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation, and uh, we'll get uh, get back to the phones in, in just a moment. Uh, wanted to do uh, just a. a quick footnote before we leave it and we'll, we'll get to you in just a second on the phones i was thinking about the the football players who went into acting and uh i mentioned fred dreyer hunter uh, a couple of others um, producer mike alex karras remember alex karras detroit lions he was in blaze uh, blazing saddles uh, let's see, uh, Bubba Smith. Remember, he played for the Raiders. He was in Police Academy. Remember Police Academy? Uh, well, how about Dwayne Johnson? Yeah, he he didn't play NFL. He uh, he was in the Canadian League, and I think he got cut before he could play professionally. But he was a, a 
play uh, football player at University of Miami. Dwayne Johnson's done a lot of uh, movies. We mentioned uh, Mark Harmon, uh, Merlin Olson as well, a couple others. Uh, Carl Weathers, the producer Mike brought that up. Carl Weathers, he was Rocky. Uh, not Rocky, but he was Apollo Creed in Rocky. Remember that? Carl Weather playing for uh, for the Raiders. And remember, Mr. T came along a little bit later. Was it Rocky Three? I uh, can't remember. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. Uh, 209-551. Aren't Fridays fun on What's On Your Mind Friday? I love Fridays. 209-551-3483. Uh, let's find out what's on the mind of Ed from Lodi. Hi, Ed. What's on your mind? Well, happy Friday there, Mike. Um, I I have never been a big fan of term limits, and sometimes I kind of wish they did exist. But I also, when you talk about age limit, I have a problem with that for a couple reasons. People are all over the map on how healthy they are and how with it they are at different ages. And so, and also, let's say we suddenly get healthier, uh, the age expectancy gets longer somehow. We just uh, do better with medicine. I don't like to set, you know, limits just based on some arbitrary thing. My thought is maybe there should be competency, though, uh, some kind of competency thing, and I don't know exactly how that would be measured. But I, I think if you're going to run for office um, and then you're in office, you ought to be able to put coherent sentences together. And if mm. that's really in question and your ability to, to know or understand things is really in question, then um, I think you probably shouldn't be in office because you're going to be making – very serious decisions, um, life-altering decisions, perhaps. And and um, so, like, for example, I'm not trying to say who, how something should go, but I personally don't think that that uh, guy running um, uh, for Senate in uh, Pennsylvania probably should, he should probably not be um, running. I don't know if he could put some of the, the next biggest vote-getter in, but that guy probably shouldn't be running. And, you know, um, if it were a modern time, I think somebody like Woodrow Wilson would mm. have been, you know, not allowed to continue being president. I, I just do think that um, too often uh, we get people in there that are that are old. But maybe the other thing is, uh, you know, if you go into office and 30 years later you're a multi, 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 multi millionaire, there's some question about how that works because you're in office as a public servant. On a public pay payroll, how is it you're worth millions and millions more? Absolutely, absolutely, great, great point, Ed. Thanks for the call, uh, Ed. I think the other uh, the other issue that you you brought up is is worth mulling over, and that is the whole issue of competency. And and I I understand uh, the recommendation. There, there's two of our callers today have, have brought up the recommendation of having some type of competency assessment. Uh, the the problem the problem that I have with that is we have so much corruption in government right now that I don't know that I would trust whoever is giving the competency exam or the competency ex, uh, assessment. That, that would be my, my worry with that. I, I think whoever's in power uh, can use that, can nuance that assessment. 
by who they assign to do it. Um, I think it can has the potential anyway for becoming very partisan. But it, something to think about, Ed. Thank for thank you for bringing that up. Appreciate that. It's what's on your mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Let's go up the road a piece to Escalon and Jeanette. Jeanette, what's on your mind? Oh, you know, Ed. Uh, Ed said what was on my mind. <laughs> Okay, so I, uh, yeah, the age thing, I, I, I totally agree with Ed on that, that I don't think they're, you, you just, it's, it's by individual. I mean, look at how uh, Trump is out on the campaign trail, and that guy is as sharp as they can be, and then we have a president that's different. But, you know, Trump was given, a, was given, forced to give, uh, get a uh, cognitive test. Well, if you're concerned about, I, I, I know most positions are going to be pretty honest and so on, but let the other party picked the the doctor then and to uh, that's probably what i don't know what they did with trump but give the cognitive test to uh you know let the other party pick the doctor i you know from a good you know like stanford or or uh you know yale or some of these you know uh, ivy leagues and then because I, I, I'm sure if Biden took the cognitive test, uh, he would not be president anymore. But that that is really important. Um, also, as far as, you know, we have so much corruption with our campaigns. I mean, where's all this money coming from? I thought that there were some limits on contributions. That needs to be cleaned up. Uh, term limits. I'm opposed to term limits. What I do favor, though, is running for office for maybe a couple years, and then you have to take a break. You cannot mm-hmm. run consecutive off, uh, years. You run for two, and then you, you take a break. And then if you want to get back in, let's see if um, what the you know, people think about it or somebody has come up you know, doing a better job. People need to also really do their homework. And I've said this before on the air. People need to be um, – I, I, sometimes I don't trust the voters because they just vote sometimes a letter behind their name. The other thing, too, is if we're going to have term limits, let's term out the press because it's a press that's corrupt in our country. And we know that they don't tell the truth. We, we really need to do, do something about the press. Does it mean shutting down papers like uh, Lincoln did, uh, throwing them in jail? I don't know. But that, that is a real problem um, in our country. And one last thing is about yesterday's discussion. You know, Melania was brought up at the very last what a gracious lady. Boy, if our politicians could have that kind of grace and grace that, that our queen had and so on. But I think about people like Trump that I mentioned yesterday. When you watch Trump um, talk to foreign leaders, he is very gracious. But people have a problem with his tweets. Well, he's, he's punching back because the press won't give him the time of day. They lie about him. And the other thing is that you don't have to listen to the tweets. Just tune him out and listen to what he really says and look at what he does. And this is what we need to do across the board. Look at what they're doing. Look at the record. That's the important thing, not what comes out of their mouth. Can't believe the politician. But Trump did what he said he would do, and we need more of that. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, uh, Jeanette, on that. Uh, as far as the, the tweets go, I, I think the issue, and this is my personal issue with the tweets, my personal issue with that is that it opens the door 
for it opens the door for more distraction. And I don't know how to explain. I'll personalize this. I do not engage in debates on social media. Uh, for those of you who email me, I, I'll acknowledge the email, maybe give you a quick comment. I don't engage in debates on emails. I don't engage in debates on social media for a lot of reasons. And one of them is you can't read really where the other person's at. Uh, at least on a phone call, you can listen to their tone of voice. You can kind of catch where they're at, whether they're happy, sad, if they're pumped up, if they're, uh, if they're not. Uh, and in, in person, you can read their body language. Are they getting very defensive? Are they jubilant? Are they depressed? Uh, are, are they trying to be funny but not doing well at it? See, these are the problems I have with with all the the social media, uh, especially the the tweets. I think they have a function, uh, but I, I I'm I'm looking at Queen Elizabeth as the example, who uh, basically did not engage in in social media debates, and uh, again, my personal opinion is they create distractions from exactly what you're talking about, and I agree with you, Jeanette. Look at the policies, look at the results like a boat traveling through a, a calm lake. What is in the wake of that boat? You look at the wake of Donald Trump and you look at economic prosperity. You look at the affirmation of the fossil fuel industry. You look at energy independence. You look at getting a handle on what's going on in the border. You look at sort of a, a checkmate situation, or at least putting a check situation in with, uh, with Russia and uh, with China as well. And then you look at what is Joe Biden leaving in his wake? Afghanistan, the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you about it is so important to look at the results and what are the policies. Unfortunately, most of America doesn't do that, Jeanette, and I... That's a that's a problem, and I guess you and I have to help people uh, by just saying this is what I'm looking for and see if that helps a bit. Uh, gone on a little long here. I'll be back in three minutes with What's on Your Mind Friday. Thank you. Excellent calls on What's on Your Mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. We'll be back in three minutes on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love talking about the issues that are important to you the voice of the valley the mike douglas show now every weekday from three till five on air and online power talk 1360 kfiv here again is your host mike douglas and welcome back to our number two of the mike douglas show here on what's on your mind friday our telephone number 209-551-3483 Mike Douglas here, uh, always privileged and happy to serve as your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. One of the issues that is affecting us today has been about almost two weeks, hasn't it, is the heat. Absolutely. it, uh, And, and I'm, I'm noticing now we're, we're monitoring throughout the, the show uh, the Cal uh, ISO, Independent System Operator, uh, website 
And we have graduated up now to an uh, energy emergency alert level one. Uh, basically, that means uh, most or all of the resources uh, for electricity are in use or committed for use, and we expect some deficiencies. So what they're doing is they're saying it's time to look for supplemental energy. And, of course, we as consumers are encouraged to save energy as we can. So we're now at an EEA Level 1 Energy Emergency Alert Level 1. Level 2... Uh, is when they start really scrambling, that's my word, for energy and purchasing it from wherever they can. And then if we get up to a three, that usually means we're looking at some rolling blackouts. Not uh, not there yet. Uh, here uh, outside the uh, Mike Douglas studios here at our clandestine location, it's about 101 degrees. Uh, same thing for Modesto. Modesto looks like uh, it may get up to maybe 102 uh, before the day is over, which brings up an interesting interesting thing. Did you know there's a cruise going on tonight in Modesto? Shades of American graffiti, right? It's uh, been a long time since cruising was allowed in Modesto. Uh, but there's one happening tonight, and, and this is uh, this is very interesting uh, from many 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 different uh, perspectives. Modesto B article they interviewed um, a lady named Maggie Mejia. She's uh, apparently 74 years old, and there's uh, a newly formed organization called the Modesto Cruisers Council. And they want to encourage the city of Modesto to change their policy about not having cruising. And now the council has not put a cruising ban or a lack thereof on its agenda as they had hoped. But apparently, uh, Cruisers Council President Nason Sanchez has uh, apparently dealt with the police department and hammered out an agreement to tonight let vehicles cruise downtown Modesto streets. That's tonight between, uh, let's see, I think it's, uh, was it 4 and 6, 6 to 10? We'll get the uh, the time for you here in, in a couple of moments. But anyway, what, what's happening uh, is that, it. Uh, I'm sorry, it's 6 to 10 p.m., 6 to 10 p.m. tonight. Apparently they're closing J Street from 9th Street to 10th Street. So what is this all about? Well, they say it's uh, to honor Hispanic Heritage Month. That begins with Mexican Independence Day on the evening of September 15. Obviously, we're not there yet. Uh, But this cruise uh, is going to feature Mexican-American car clubs, including Nuestra Cultura and an an all-female Chicana car club. They say they use classic vehicles, hydraulic engineering, and accessories like spoked rims to create lowriders. I remember, remember lowriders? Well, what? why do we not have cruising anymore? Well, if you go back in, in the history of Modesto, um, the problem was, and, and the ban came in, I think, around uh, 1990. It's been, been a while. Uh, police said uh, cruising was creating... An estimated 5,000 cars on weekend nights, 400 pedestrians, and 
the police were saying there was a danger of armed gang members. And uh, after the ban, uh, MPD reported, and again, this was back in 1990, that actually crime had gone down, uh, though the cruising folks debate the accuracy uh, accuracy of that study, according to the uh, Modesto Bee. And it notes the last month, state legislators voted to approve a resolution encouraging cities to remove cruising bans, citing its history and cultural heritage in various cities throughout California. Apparently, Sacramento and San Jose recently lifted their cruising bans, and uh, Modesto Police uh, says they've, they've looked at the state's resolution, and that's one of the reasons that for tonight they're going to allow this event to uh, proceed. I have a couple of thoughts about this. Here the state, by the way, what do you think? Should there be a ban on cruising or should that be lifted? It, it's currently in effect in the city of Modesto. Do you think Modesto or whatever city you're in, if there's a ban on cruising, should they lift that ban? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. Here are some observations that I have about the state legislators voting to approve a resolution encouraging cities to remove their cruising bans. Now, is this the same legislature that is supporting no gas cars sold after 2035? Is this the same state legislature that basically tells us you evil gas guzzling, gas polluting car people, you're destroying the environment and we want you to get rid of your gas cars, go buy electric cars. Is this the same legislature that advocates electric cars by 2035? If so, don't you see some hypocrisy here? And what are these car clubs that are advocating cruising? What are they going to do once 2035 comes? Well, you say, well, Mike, the the restriction there is you can't buy gas vehicles after then, not that you can't drive them. I don't know. I'm anticipating a slippery slope. I don't think it would be long before they'd say, well, if you have a gas-powered vehicle or a diesel-powered vehicle, you're a polluter. And you got to get rid of it. It's mandatory that you trade that in for an electric vehicle. I, I see some hypocrisy there. So what, what is it? Are, are we promoting cruising? Are we promoting the gas? I mean, muscle cars, he, he, muscle cars are not quiet. They're not supposed to be quiet. You're supposed to hear muscle cars during a cruise. That, that's part of it. I didn't have a muscle car. It was a 1973 Plymouth Duster, and I didn't cruise cruise. Now, I drove down Colorado Boulevard in, uh, in Pasadena as a, as a late teen and in my early 20s. I, I did that, and I, I had a little amplifier in my car so I could play songs that I enjoyed at that time. It wasn't a muscle car. It had a 318 engine, but it was always fun to hear the muscle cars and that, that throaty purr they had and the, and the acceleration. I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed it. And I, I'm a, I agree 
we, we ought not to have the violence that once is said to have been attached to cruising, but maybe those who are sponsoring these cruises should uh, advocate self-policing, so to speak. Let's find out what you think. Our number, 209-551-3483. And uh, Kelly from Riverbank, what do you think about cruising? Um, <clears throat> the cruise is going to be awesome. Um, it's, it's not just about... Um, don't let the article and what you've read make it seem like it's only going to be Hispanics and lowriders. That is not, that is not the only type of vehicles and people that are going to be cruising. This is for all cool vehicles, vintage, classic muscle cars, et cetera, lowriders. Um, it's, it's going to be cruising in the tourist sense of cruising. It's car culture camaraderie. It doesn't matter what color you are, what kind of cool car you have. It's all about cruising and that kind of lifestyle, that community. And there is a wonderful community of vintage and classic car people in this area, as you know. And um, I actually went to one of the meetings, but I, I bowed out because I have other things going on and they had enough people um, voicing their opinions and didn't need mine as well. But these people who are in this um, cruisers club, I mean, they are really dedicated to keeping things, um, um, you know, like completely legit, no fighting, not, you know, not uh, breaking the speed laws and stuff like that. I mean, um, you're always going to have some people that are morons and do stupid stuff, but that is not what this council is about. The council uh, approached this very professionally and um, very well versed in exactly how they wanted things to turn out for the better of the community. And that's really what it's about. It's about bringing the community together. And look, we have a whole generation of kids who don't even want to drive now, Mike. I mean, I know kids, they're 16 years old. And if you ask them, hey, are you excited to get your license? No, I'm not going to get a license. What? Are you out of your mind? You don't want to drive? And that's completely foreign to me because I grew up cruising in the 80s in San Jose, Fremont, and Livermore. And it was just part of who we were growing up you got a car you went cruising it was a lot of fun and it's going to be that way again although i'm a lot older now <laughs> to it and just really get a good grip on this whole car culture thing and one thing i wanted to also mention is that tomorrow in escalon in downtown there is a really really great car show and it's beautiful it's from eight to four i think um and it's going to be really great. So you guys can come out, bring your family, and look at all the cool cars out there. And everyone, come out to McHenry and go cruising tonight in your cool, awesome vintage cars. Thanks, Mike, and have a great weekend, everyone. All right, Kelly, before you go, got got a question, because you appear to have uh, some inside information here, and I'm glad you called, because the B is claiming that uh, this organization invited other hot rod clubs to join the event, but they declined. And, and the article made it sound like it was, it was totally a um, Mexican American car club issue. And yet, but it sounds like it's not that, that the B maybe portrayed this as something that's inaccurate. Am am I right? Oh, we lost her. (sighs) That's too bad. I have questions looking for answers. All right, Uh, we'll be back in three minutes and maybe get some more questions and answers and what's on your mind. All coming up on the Mike Douglas Show. Frank from Oakdale, hang in there, my friend. I'll be right with you in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online. 
Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're talking about this Modesto B article about cruising tonight. Uh, in downtown Modesto, there on uh, on J Street. And uh, Kelly, we've got Kelly back on the phone. Kelly, uh, just you you seem to have some good information here. The the B is saying that. Uh, this uh, Mr. Sanchez, or I, I believe, said that uh, he invited Hot Rod Clubs to join tonight's event, but they declined. And the article really uh, was intimating that this is really more of a Mexican-American car club uh, event. And, and yet what you're telling me is, no, it's it's wide open. So help me with that a little bit. What what do you know that that, that we don't and need to know? Okay, um, the thing is that, yes, it, it is that the group that you just mentioned that actually started the ball rolling. But there's other groups that were involved as well. And I know tonight the cruise is also, um, I believe, partially or is partially sponsored by the 209 Hot Rod Events, who um, the, the, the president or chairman of that organization is a member of that, that cruiser's um, board that has brought this to the forefront. So, um, but part of it is there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are involved in it. But this cruise that is going on tonight um, is rig- is is basically this is how I how I perceive it. Okay, this is my perception of it, not my firsthand knowledge. Is that it is to celebrate these Hispanic holidays and independence and things. However. It is not the only reason why people would go out there to go cruising. Okay. It is, um, it's All kind right. of like, it's kind of like sometimes you have to have a a reason to get the ball rolling on something, and Got this it. is a really good reason. And it is part of the culture too. I mean, um, cruising is part of uh, Hispanic culture, especially in the valley here. And it was out when I was back in the '80s and even the '70s um, from with my brothers in the Bay Area. But again, it is not it is not a per se Hispanic or Latino cruise. It is a cruise for everybody, but it is going to be bringing attention to these other um, causes and things at the same time. So um, come out and enjoy the cruise. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, celebrating, um, you know, the Hispanic holidays or the events that they're that they're talking about. Just come out and cruise and enjoy everybody. Everybody to get together and cruise. And like I said, 209 Hot Rod Events is also involved with this, as far as I know. And um, I know that that gentleman who is part of that group um, is on that, that council that was meeting with the city council members, I guess, and the mayor and the, the chief of police. And the Great. people on the, in that group. Well- Kelly, I've, I've, I've got to run, but thank you for the clarity. I appreciate that. And I, from what you're saying, I, I don't think it was intentional by the B. It's just a, as I read it, I uh, my perception was it was uh, only a Mexican-American car club uh, event. But you, you've helped us with that. And Kelly, if my 1973 Duster was still running, and I could afford to get it running again, I might join you down there tonight. Kelly, thank you so much for calling back. Appreciate uh, the clarity on that. Again, I don't know that it was an intentional thing with the B. I, 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 I think just the way it was written, perhaps, or maybe just my interpretation, I, uh, 
I didn't quite get what they were uh, what they were saying. All right, it's what's on your mind Friday. Let's go quickly out to Oakdale and Frank, who's been patiently waiting. Frank, what's on your mind today? Yeah, this um, electrical situation here in California. Um, I wonder how many more businesses are going to leave California now. now. Let's say you got a plant, you got 50 employees there. And at any given time, you could lose your electricity. You still have to pay your employees and stuff, but you have to shut your plant down potentially. So I wonder how many more businesses are going to move out of California, knowing how vulnerable it is electric. Uh, a lot of the proponents of dams, uh, they say it's good for water, but it provides excellent green, clean hydroelectric power. But yet the environmentalists uh, fight that. Uh, they're asking people, I think we got 1 million electric cars in California. They're asking people not to charge them between four or nine. And uh, within, a, what, roughly 10 years or so, maybe a little bit more, they expect us to have all electric cars. And we can't even hardly charge our electric cars now, given the fact that there's 40 million people in the state. How in the world are we supposed to get around we'll be back to our bicycles pretty soon now this happened in europe they went green with their all their energy uh and eliminated a lot of uh, oil drilling coal stuff like that and then they went to russia and they asked russia for a source of energy so they got real vulnerable and russia figures well we got europe right where we want them and putin said well we're uh, we're going to let europe freeze this winter so, of course, that, so that encouraged him to uh, ravage Ukraine. He thought he could get away with it because the uh, green energy folks decided it was a great idea to shut down their energy sources and get it from Russia. And that's now caused a devastating war, helped contribute to a devastating war in Ukraine. So I believe that this green energy uh craziness is literally contributing to war and famine now they well it, and i think it's it, it, it's going to create some other issues too frank i'll react to that uh, good points there i'll come back in five minutes we'll talk more about that here on the mike douglas show power talk 1360 kfib the mike douglas show now weekdays from three till five on power talk 1360 kfiv take the mike douglas show with you every weekday from three till five download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 kfiv and welcome back to the mike douglas show on what's on your mind friday our phone number 209-551-3483 where we open up the topics and want to hear what's on your mind again our phone number 209-551-3483 i want to thank kelly for calling back and providing that uh, clarity uh, on the uh, cruise night tonight from 6 to 10 p.m in downtown modesto will be taking place down on apparently J Street, uh, at least between 9th and 10th. And uh, there was a Modesto B article on this. And my impression was it was um, kind of restricted maybe to uh, Mexican-American car clubs, but it, it appears that is that it's they're the ones that got it going. 
which is great. Uh, but other uh, folks are invited too, apparently. So Kelly, thank you for uh, calling back and providing that that clarity again. Uh, my seventy three duster. It, it. I had it running. Oh, how many years ago now? Quite a few years ago now, and it's uh, it, it's become a victim of the elements. I. Uh, <laughs> And I, I did my best. I am not, I, I am enough of a backyard mechanic to, to know how to do basic things, but I think it needs uh, more surgery than I can provide to it. And uh, I just, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it takes, usually takes a lot of bus, bucks to resurrect it. So my poor 73 duster is, is sitting there and needs uh, some rejuvenation and and so maybe uh maybe it will one of these days i'd love to uh, drive that thing again and i've had it i i got it when it was new in 1973 had a lot of adventure uh, adventures in that 1973 duster uh over those many many decades in fact when <laughs> when i was an emergency services coordinator for a uh, uh, police department in a city in uh, in Southern California, uh, they didn't have uh, the budget to give me a city car, so I outfitted my and it, it was uh, 1973 Plymouth Duster. It was uh, what they call the the Basin Street Blues Blue, a very nice blue, and it had the white racing stripes on it. Yeah, it was a great car. Again, you know, not a huge engine; it had a 318 uh, in it, but I actually outfitted it. Uh, with permission from the city, with uh, the uh, police and and city radios. And I ran, actually, uh, hazardous materials uh, events that I had to respond to and and such, and I ran emergency operations off the back of that duster. And that duster and I have had a lot of adventures over the years. And so I've had people ask me, do you want to sell it? No, I can't. It's part of me, even though it looks horrible at the moment and it doesn't run. It's it's part of it would be like cutting off an arm or, or losing an eye or losing a hand. It, it's it's part of me. And Mike, you've got an emotional attachment to a thing. Yes, I do. So there anyway. Uh, if it, in fact I had it, uh, we, we did a car show when I was uh, with uh, a local congregation here many years ago. Uh, we did a, uh, a car show in, in August. And I don't remember what year it was. It was a long time ago now. But anyway, I, my duster was part of that car show. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Again, it, you know, it doesn't make a lot of noise. It's a 318 engine in it and all that. But uh, I have... Yes, I do have an emotional attachment to a thing. And it's it's my beloved 1973 Plymouth Duster. And uh, a lot of lot of stories and a lot of driving down Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena with the radio not blaring, but at least with a I had you know some amp I mean don't didn't all of us who were teenagers in in the 1970s and in our 20s and the late 70s and early didn't didn't we all have little uh, preamps and all of that and kind of those made our radios sing and I had the 
subwoofers in there. I mean, it was uh, it was a fun car. And to roll down the windows, open up the side windows, and just cruise down the boulevard. So I, I have fond memories of that. So someday, maybe we'll get it up and running again, and and um, I can cruise down J Street. Didn't grow up here. Grew up in uh, in Pasadena. So that you know, I don't I don't have the personal history. Uh, here in Modesto. So, Kelly, thanks for your call. Thank you for making those clarifications for this. Now, Frank from Oakdale brought brought up some interesting issues about electricity. And uh, there's an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago. When was it? Two, day, two days ago, I think, on the 7th. And it, it talks about the fact that the heat problems that we're experiencing right now are not due to climate change, they're due to bad public policy. And I've been saying that about many things for a long time. We, it, California's gotten hot before. This is not the first time in California's history that we've had triple digits. I know that because I've lived in California my whole life. I'm a native Californian. By the way, for those of you who are native Californians, do any of you refer to California as Cali? I'm a Cali. I don't know. Something about that rubs me the wrong way, and I don't know why. I, it's, just, it's California, and I, I'm a native Californian. I'm not proud of where we are right now. I think our, our government is destroying the state. And it's a wonderful state with wonderful resources. You can find just about everything in California. And the supermajority in California, the, the, the bad public policies are, are destroying this state. And it didn't just happen overnight. It's been happening for a long time. But anyway, talking about public policy issues, again, I don't know why did any, did any of you that, that are nat- native Californians do you like Cali? I just I don't know why. I just I just can't get behind Cali. It something about that just rubs me the wrong way. I, and again, it may just uh, be me. California, California. Anyway, uh, so getting back to this Wall Street uh, Journal article, they they were talking about the fact that it's basically bad public policy that had a, has us in the situation we're in regarding power. Uh, one, they say, well, the problem is gas-fired capacity, uh, you know, is, is, has been declined over the past couple of years. It declined by 4,390 megawatts gas-fired capacity and nuclear capacity by 2,150 megawatts, while solar and wind capacities surged by 17,000 megawatts. But what's, what's the problem? As, uh, as our government officials are demonizing gas capacity and nuclear capacity and, and reducing our capacities on purpose and making it disadvantageous to run those, uh, run those plants, they're all promoting solar and wind uh, energy. Well, that's wonderful, but what happens when there's no wind? What happens when it's nighttime? What happens when it's cloudy and rainy? What what happens like what happened last Tuesday night? 
we're not at the point yet where we have these uh, so-called renewable sources of energy that can power the state. And I think other states are looking at us and they're shaking their heads. What is wrong with you? By the way, thinking about, and remember, electricity has to be purchased. When we run out of it, we just don't magically have more electricity. Electricity, this is the Wall Street Journal article again from September 7. Electricity prices in California's wholesale market surged this last Tuesday evening to about $1,700 per megawatt hour. Okay, Mike, what's so big about that? Well, normally, a year ago, it was maybe $100, $67 a year ago per megawatt hour. From $67 or $100 to $1,700 per megawatt hours last Tuesday. Something is, is horribly wrong with our public policy And again, I remind all of us, 60 days, we have the opportunity to at least start chipping away at this horrible public policy that's destroying the state. And Frank made a comment early on in our conversation not too long ago, and he said, do you think businesses are going to be leaving? Businesses are already leaving. The the government is making it disadvantageous to try to do business in California. And and I'm a nonprofit CEO, nonprofit president. And I can tell you it's hard for us in the nonprofit sector. It is not fun to run an organization in California. So what do you think? Do we need to make some changes in 60 days? And what about cruising? I hear from... From more of you about cruising tonight. Do you think we ought to lift that ban on cruising? Talk about it more coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. I'll be back with you in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this warm Friday afternoon, heading into the weekend. And again, uh, looks like going to be cruising tonight, 6 to 10 p.m. in Modesto there on J Street. uh, From what the article in the B says, around uh, 9th and 10th Street. And uh, so if you're a mind to uh, enjoy cars, uh, why, that may be an opportunity there. It is What's On Your Mind Friday. Let's get back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Let's find out what's on the mind of Loretta from Oakdale. Hi, Loretta. Welcome. Well, first of all, I'd like to say back in 57 was great coming down 10th Street on the drags but what i'm mainly calling for is you guys have got these cars and they're going to where everything is going horrible at them it seems like what are you guys going to do with your cell phones when the cell phones are going to be done the same way as as the cars are you mean in terms of disposing of them right because you you don't you're not even supposed to have a home phone anymore you're supposed to have cell phones well, the same thing they're doing with the cars, isn't it? Well, I think the issue is going to become, yes, the way they're powered. 
And uh, Loretta, again, I I don't know about other folks, but for me, my cell phone only lasts so far on a charge, and I have to recharge it. Now, if there's no electricity, how are we going to do that? Uh, they don't want me using my gas-powered generator, Loretta. That's that's a big no-no these days. And by the way, Loretta, I don't believe what they tell me about uh, gas generators and, and such and, and gas mowers, you know, equaling however many cars running at the same time. I, I they, they may be right. I'm just... I'm suspecting they're nuancing that. But to get back to your question, I think this is part of the hypocrisy involved. And I, I, I'm all for renewable energy, Loretta, but I think it needs to be developed in a wise way over time. And we need not cut off our nose despite our face, so to speak. And, and, and if we're going to do that, let's develop it, but still keep the uh, the 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 gas and and uh, fuel, uh, the fossil fuel industry going. So at least we have power that we can use. I I don't understand Loretta. I don't understand the thinking in Sacramento. Do you? Not at all, sir. But I will definitely say our home phones are a million times better because you can use it a lot longer than a cell phone. And cell phone lines do go out. For instance, there's lots of places we cannot call right now with cell phones. Well, anyway, thank you, sir. All right, Loretta. Thanks for your call. And the other uh, the other issue that's uh, that comes up with all of that is uh, the disposal of the batteries in these wonderful electric vehicles that we have, or the ones that they're telling us that we need to have I what happens to those big monstrous batteries in those electric vehicles where are they going to go well are we going to have a contract with Nevada or somewhere and find some place in their desert where we can dispose of them and, and create another hazmat site I just don't think they're they're I don't think they're doing forward thinking here at all not, not at all. Anyway, by the way, before I before I leave you, uh, look, we got to want to fit a call in here very quickly. Anybody know how to get rid of gophers? I've got one that's tearing up the front yard, and I I go and I I see my wife away early in the morning when she leaves. That gopher, two days in a row, he has popped his head out of that gopher hole out there on my front lawn with his defiant, devious eyes and his evil bucktooth smile, and he just looks at me happily and pops back down his hole and destroys my lawn. I don't know what to do to get rid of him. All right, it's What's on Your Mind Friday. Let's find out what's on the mind of Kevin in Modesto. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hi, Mike. I have a couple of things. First of all, I wanted to say this is going back to our conversation yesterday about a, a representative, kind of a, a living an embodiment of the United States, a good a good PR person for the United States. I got to say, we forgot about somebody yesterday who I just want, really want to mention. Of course, this is from the past again, but we cannot forget Shirley Temple. Remember Shirley Temple? Absolutely. Uh, a child actress that did not get ruined by Hollywood. Right. And she uh, later on, she did become an ambassador 
Yes, ab- absolutely. And, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to say about, uh, about that is the Secretary of State is supposed to be that person. That's what they're supposed to be. And that it hasn't worked out that way lately, but that is what they're supposed to be. And, and so um, I would say that Madeleine Albright is probably the last one that we had that was like that. But, um, but that is what they're supposed to be in, and, uh, in the ideal world anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree in the ideal world. I think probably more a strategic uh, position now. Uh, Kevin, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Thank you for joining us this week on the Mike Douglas Show. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay cool. Stay healthy. I will see you back on Monday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.